Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And uh, this week we are doing a request. Someone, I'm not sure who, requested 2001's Heartbreakers, starring Sigourney Weaver and Jennifer Love Hewitt, directed by David Merkin, and written by Robert Dunn, Paul, I don't know that last name, Stephen Gway. (laughs) I don't know if I'm saying it right. Paul Gway. I don't know. Um... And this is Heartbreakers is one of those movies where I had never seen it in full before we did this show, but it was on Comedy Central enough times to where I'd seen enough bits and pieces to know what the plot was and kind of know what I was in for. The only thing that really took me by surprise was Jason Lee, because apparently every scene that I caught of it in the past did not have Jason Lee in it. Oh, yeah. So I was surprised Jason it was in Lee- it casting was very weird for me (laughs) like it was just it I don't even know who I would want instead of him it just felt weird that he was there I mean this movie is weird in general so uh, Heartbreakers kind of like covers something that uh was very recently at the box office with this very bad movie called The Hustle which I very rarely I, I watched for some reason and I don't think anybody else did but uh, uh, yeah I didn't watch the hustle and I felt it was one of those things where I felt bad about it because I was like you know support women <laughs> oh but oh but it's 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 written and directed by men it's directed and by now. men though so I was like it's okay female actresses are in a lot of things <laughs> yeah I, I mean this this one has very similar heartbreakers has very similar issues to the hustle where um the assumption is is that men are incredibly stupid and gullible and shallow and have no self-control and it's this weird thing where as much as I make fun of men in my comedy and like in my normal life there's something about this representation of them that makes me angry (laughs) and I don't know I don't know what it is it's so funny because I did not feel angry at all and it wasn't even because I was on like um I was on like a soapbox of like fuck men which is a soapbox I get on um it was just I just (laughs) it was so cartoonish that I think for me I was just like okay yeah this is like this note that they're playing and so for me it was fun because it was like playing this very obvious kind of hacky note about like you know men are so sexually driven in this very like way that if like a pretty woman in a short dress is nearby they're gonna lose their minds it was like it was like that animation where the tongue rolls out and it's like (laughs) i mean yeah it's very much that yeah the whole movie is a cartoon like it is a live action cartoon like it's more of a live action cartoon than any of like the disney live action things that have been made recently like this is yeah cartoon mode um It's, it is, but it's also just, I don't know, it's a cartoon, but it's also dealing with some very deep sexual themes, specifically this concept of competition between mother and daughter, mother and daughter as sexual competition. 
And yeah, there's some (laughs) very Freudian themes that are never, it's like they're all in the movie, but they're also not really addressed direct as directly as you would think. Um, Like mother daughter competition is like their whole con, you know, is, Oh, we'll get the, the hot mom to, you know, get get a man interested and then we'll get the hot young daughter to tempt him away because you know she's younger <laughs> it's like yeah i mean it's a very it, it's a kind of setup that makes a lot of assumptions about men and all of the assumptions end up being correct it's kind of like so in the hustle um rebel wilson's whole con is that she <laughs> Oh my god, it's so it's so convoluted. I'm trying to explain it. Okay, so she pretends like she has a very hot sister. She just uses like this picture of like a model and it's just it's this hot sister and she'll be like this hot my hot sister is in kind of peril. She's been like sold into sex slavery or like something like that and she'll just like get upset and like cry and then like show random rich men the picture of her sister and the men will be so like turned on by the sister that they'll just like give her things like in lieu of giving them directly to the sister what so her con is being like my hot sister needs help can you donate to her GoFundMe? yes that is her crazy i can't imagine and caring it's so it's so weird she also like she also like catfishes men so she'll like she'll use the photo of the hot sister and like get them to come and hang out with her and then when they see that it's her then you know they reject her every time and so much of her like her uh so much of her like work and everything is based on the notion that they would always reject her if they really got to see who she was. Which is so weird because I think she's so cute. Yeah, it's a really and upsetting even if she wasn't, It's like, even if, even if I didn't think she was cute, somebody would. Like, it, it, you know, it's like, that's not how it works. Yeah, it's it's a very weird thing where it's like she's aware of the way that her body is and then like they try to make it better by being by like when she talks about Anne Hathaway who's like the more supposedly the more traditionally hot one, she'll just say that Anne Hathaway looks like creepy and skinny, which is like maybe the only fun thing funny thing in that movie is how she's is how like Anne Hathaway will show up looking incredible and Wilson will just be like, mm. <laughs> it's, oh, I love Anne Hathaway. Yeah, that's like, uh, yeah, but it's very much this thing. And their whole like con for them is like, well, I'm the hot one and I'm the, and then there's the industrious one. And oh, th- cool. Cause women can only be one thing. <laughs> and like the thing all, is- all the blood used to be hot means that you can't be industrious or smart. And all of the energy used to be smart is only created because you were not hot. <laughs> yeah. It's also, yeah, and there's also, like, a very similar, like, wedding scheme where it's, like, they're collecting engagement rings and, like, all this stuff. Okay, so the thing about, I mean, there's so many things about Heartbreakers that confuse me, but I'm trying to understand how you, how a man can date a woman for three months and never have sex with her and then propose marriage. I have so much trouble believing that that is a thing. 
Yeah. So it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume like probably a lot of our listeners have seen this, but if not, you know, Ray Liotta and Sigourney Weaver are, you know, engaged and, and we, we movie up on like their wedding and then their wedding night. And it's like, she's pretended that she's, um, religious or whatever so that they don't have sex before marriage and then of course the night of the wedding you know she falls asleep and all of this and there's this whole like she does this whole rigmarole so that she doesn't have sex with him and i wonder if like it's part of like oh i'm not a prostitute because i'm conning all these men while never having sex with them only kissing them i felt like and there also i have it was just the theory that if they actually sex with me and like they're getting, then they're less likely to fall into the trap of my daughter and like the con won't work. Like, you know, if he has good sex tonight, then tomorrow he's not going to fall for my daughter's trap as likely because he yeah. might be as frustrated. Okay. So, so there's that. Yeah. So, so she like, there's this whole thing and like, she has like this lace bodysuit, and he's like cutting it off and it's like ridiculous and hot and like cartoonish and all of these things at once and then she like falls asleep and um he pours ice onto his balls well he like okay so he gets a bucket that i guess had the champagne in it and he was going to pour it on her to wake her up and then he realized oh that's ungentlemanly so he just pours it down like it's actually like a nice moment for him yeah, the less psycho option is to douse his own balls. And actually, I love that. I love that whole scene. <laughs> it's, I had a great time with this movie. I love that whole scene. I thought that was great. And then, okay, here's and the then, thing. Like, uh, the, the, big, the big reveal here in this episode is that Bronwyn likes the movie and I don't. But I will say that I, I do like, I do like the, her, I mean, Sigourney Weaver is great in it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she's um, a horny weaver, so it's very hard for her to not be great. So the plot is, is that this mother and daughter are con artists and they like con men into marriage and then get them caught being adulterous with the, with the daughter a marriage with Sigourney Weaver and then like get caught with Jennifer Love Hewitt and then immediate divorce and taking the divorce settlement money to live on. I mean, okay, so that's a great con, but my question is, is how can't they just live on that? Like, oh, <laughs> that's so much money. <laughs> like, also, if you're going to get all that money from the divorce settlements, instead of starting another con, like, why not just, like, I don't know, like, open a store, like, buy a house, like, something that's permanent, so they're not just, like, living in motels while they, like, do this con. It's weird that they didn't, like invest or anything i mean my interpretation of that aspect was they're not just doing the cons for the money because then yeah they would just do one and then they'd like use that money to to like build their own life it's a psychological like there's an addiction to the con that sigourney weaver has and she's basically forcing jennifer love hewitt into like her identity now is being a con woman and like not believing in love and like exposing shitty men. And so like, if she stops conning, then she has to actually sit with herself and figure out what she needs and wants. And that is definitely not happening in her current life. She's like submerged psychologically in the con. So I feel that Sigourney 
her, that's, that's where she's at. So like, even when they have enough money, she's like, well, we, we got to do another con because like she can't sit still because then she has to think about why she's conning. And the reason that she's conning really isn't money. It's like the fact that she was burned by Jennifer Love Hewitt's dad. Yeah. So it's pregnant by his, she gets pregnant by the dad and then he splits and then she meets Anne Bancroft who teaches her the con and Anne Bancroft is like her mentor. And it's also interesting because like later you find out that, um, (laughs) wait, I actually don't know. Does Jennifer Love Hewitt know Anne Bancroft? Because when they're in scenes together, it seems like they don't know each other and it's hard to tell if they're acting or what. She hadn't, Jennifer Love Hewitt didn't know Anne Bancroft at first, um, like, which was kind of confusing to me because the movie was like Anne Bancroft taught Sigourney Weaver the con. So I would have assumed Anne Bancroft would have been like this uh, kind of aunt figure. But then she ends up tricking Jennifer Love Hewitt that she's an IRS woman. So yeah, <laughs> um, I think... I'm actually confused about whether Anne Bancroft pretended to be the IRS woman or pretended the IRS woman had come to her. But either way, I don't really feel that Jennifer Love Hewitt knew who she really was. That was that was unclear to me, and it could have been my own like. No, you know, it was it was unclear to me too because I I think what it is is that uh, Sigourney Weaver hides Anne Bancroft from Jennifer Love Hewitt. So because I mean. I mean, spoiler alert, the whole IRS thing is just a con that she did with Anne Bancroft so that Jennifer Love Hewitt wouldn't go off on her own and, you know, be independent because the whole tension of the film is Jennifer Love Hewitt wants to go off and do her own cons and not be stuck with her mom. And her mom will not, does not want that to happen. And it's weird because it, this movie is kind of written with this kind of, um, a lot of like backwards like uh, understandings of gender and i think that like the the driving tension in the movie is that jennifer love hewitt is now like a woman and so it's not just like a mother and her daughter it's two women working together but sigourney weaver still treats her like the daughter and still like keeps her like a few steps behind and so it's like this whole thing where it's like two women can't work together because now they are equal now men want to fuck them both and that's a problem <laughs> you know yeah, it's very, it is weird because it's like on one hand obviously Sigourney Weaver knows that Jennifer Love Hewitt's a woman and knows that men see her as a woman and uses that in the cons but she does have such a possessive i mean she's she's definitely controlling just as a person yeah her character is but she she has such a possessive approach to Jennifer Love Hewitt that it is like oh my daughter okay my daughter get your tits out <laughs> like uh and yeah so i mean you know it starts off with this Ray Liotta um con and you know right at the beginning of the movie us the viewers we are in on the con and we see that that you know it's mother daughter who tricked him and they get 300 grand and then there's this fake irs um confrontation that's we're gonna have to take all the money got caught and um you are gonna go to jail if you don't um pay basically pay off the irs (laughs) so um 
So then now they have to do another con to like have money after they pay the IRS. And so they only have a few months to do this next con. They have 90 days. So they decided to go to Palm Beach where there's, you know, plenty of uh, salmon colored uh, pants wearing money having people. (laughs) And, and uh, yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt is bummed out because she wanted to go be on her own and be her own con woman. And Sigourney Weaver is happy that she still has her in her clutches and it's very like yeah there's a scene where they're on a boat and they're trying to find their next mark and they're like discussing them and basically like they're they're trying to decide like how old do we want to go all of this and Sigourney Weaver is lecturing Jennifer Love Hewitt like you know they can't be cute because Um, If they're cute, then you might get feelings or you might want to kiss them. And then, you know, once you have any feeling or connection with them, then like that's the end of it. Um, And it's just very obvious from the get that Sigourney Weaver is conning because she is mad. (laughs) Yeah. She's conning because she is still hurt. And it's not even like a feminist, like men have mistreated women and the patriarchy is evil. It's just like her own feelings. Yeah. It's a very (laughs) personal, like liberal woman as in like, I am empowered, just me. And that's fine. (laughs) I am am empowered by getting these men. And it's so interesting to me because like the only real note in the movie that I felt like was a real emotional note is that like, I felt like Sigourney Weaver was attracted to Ray Liotta the entire time. And it's so, and so like the most rewarding part to me was her realizing that she, that she's attracted to him. Like it takes her a very long time. Like it starts with her just being like, he's not that bad. And then it's just like. (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that whole arc was one of my favorite parts. Like they were way more believable than you know, we will get to this, but uh, Jason Lee and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh yeah, no, totally. And it's, I mean, it helps that like, they're on the same wavelength. Like I believe that Sigourney Weaver and Ray Liotta, like I believe them together. (laughs) Yes. Like they, both of their characters are like fucked up in a way that's compatible. And it's almost like they're both like this chaotic evil, but then together they kind of neutralize each other. (laughs) Like. Um, yeah, because dangerous. every single time he does, Ray Liotta does something crazy. Sigourney Weaver's just like, okay, well, <laughs> what else do you got? And I'm just yeah. like, okay, <laughs> yeah, like they need each other in a sense, and it's not like they're gonna help each other be better people, but they're also at least they're not gonna go fuck up the life of someone really nice. <laughs> like, yeah, neither of them are gonna destroy someone else, so you know, it's a net win for the universe. Um, yeah, they can just like fuck with each other for the rest of <laughs> for the rest yeah. of the time. So they eventually in Palm Beach, they do pick a mark. Um they they go for um Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman and um he, <laughs> he Okay, so <laughs> this character is like this character is like something from like What's Up Doc. He's just like this guy who I think has like a tobacco empire. Like I think his money is in tobacco. Yes, and it is. And he will not stop smoking. Like it, it's 
it's a thing where like Gene Hackman is in most cases like a pretty hot old man, but in this like he they go like the extra mile to make him seem pale and sickly <laughs> and he's just like constantly just like this hacking cough. I was like, you made Gene Hackman look disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did they did make him look really haggard. And yeah, and his personality, he is definitely the most I mean it's cartoonish enough to have this mother-daughter con team but I, I was down for that I was like fine with that I was I love that um I'm a yeah I was I was fully on board but his character was so next level cartoonish he basically his whole personality is like he's gonna smoke cigarettes even though it's bad for him he's a rich old guy he um has kind of a weird sexual fetish with women smoking cigarettes <laughs> like at yeah. one point Weaver he says I wrote this down. Um, he, he, oh, he gifts her a lighter after they've been dating for a while. And he says that she can use this fancy lighter to light cigarettes and he can watch the smoke <laughs> flow through <laughs> red engorged nostrils of a woman. Engorged? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> like, your boner is showing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I should mention that his housekeeper is played by Nora Dunn, and she's she's very funny. She was on Saturday Night Live, and I mean every scene that she's in, she's really good. I'm always confused and like fascinated by this character of this low class, like this lower class servant woman who's just so obsessed with her the rich man that she works for just like so obsessed in a way that doesn't make sense oh yeah no for sure like she's like so okay for some reason Sigourney Weaver decides to pretend to be Russian (laughs) really bad choice like it just seems like she chose an accent and then was like god damn it so unnecessary because her character doesn't speak Russian. She doesn't fucking know anything about Russia. There's several points where she's almost fully found out. In fact, there's a point where she's at a restaurant um, with Gene Hackman and the server is Russian and keeps trying to speak Russian to her. And she obviously doesn't know what he's saying. And finally, the server is like, the server is like saying graphic things, like talking about his his dick and stuff. And she doesn't know what he's saying, but she knows that he knows that she doesn't speak Russian. So she just slips him a bill and <laughs> basically is just like, shut up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, he, I didn't get why she would make that decision as a, as a con woman who's experienced and normally smart. That felt so, I mean, that was another cartoonish choice. Um, well, I, I think her understanding of it is like, I guess with a rich man like him, he, like, they want, like, a more, like, exotic woman. Like, I think that if she seemed like a regular, like, capable American woman, he probably wouldn't have been able to monologue at her the way that he does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's true. And, like, yeah, and he's, he's an older man, and he's very rich and old school in all these ways, and so... She she leans into this character named Olga with a U. <laughs> Olga. Olga. Who's <laughs> just like, okay. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, uh, 
her like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt is having a love story with a bartender played by Jason Lee, whose best friends, who are also his co-workers, are played by Sarah Silverman and Zach Galifianakis. Right? Okay, people. I did not recognize Zach Galifianakis at first. He looks he's so like much smaller different. than he than we like. He's smaller and he has red hair and he doesn't talk that much. So it's like, wait, who are you? <laughs> I was like, you have pants on? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, he was just like a regular guy. <laughs> yeah, just a regular guy. And like Sarah Silver, and baby Sarah Silverman. I mean, she looks and feels the same, you know, 20 years later. But like still, it was like, oh. Um, they, yeah, they're, they're the best friends of Jason Lee, who just feels... I don't even know who I would cast instead of Jason Lee, but Jason Lee does... It feels weird that he's the guy. <laughs> Jason Lee is just not the kind of person who you would imagine would just meet someone and immediately fall in love and be kind of like in this kind of like puppy dog way where it's just like, I would follow you to the ends of the earth. Like, I love you. Like every single time he's like, I love you. There's, I feel like there's like wheels turning in his head. That's just like, love. What is that? I don't right. know. <laughs> exactly. Um, like he's the kind of guy who would like, maybe like say it to his friend, like, uh, like, of course I love her, but I'm never going to tell her that. Like it's, Right. Or like after like a year or two of dating would get really high and be like, I love you. <laughs> like, but he's like, this is like, he's so extra. I mean, his character is sweet, but the way the movie does it funny to me because it's, it feels very rom-com trope in the middle of this movie. That's also a crime con movie. So it's like, he, of course he has a telescope and he's like showing her the Milky way. <laughs> And like taking her on the beach and 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 it's just like zero to a hundred okay so their romance reminded me a lot of splash in the sense that like he doesn't think that she is like an adult woman at all he just and he's just constantly like teaching her shit that like in any if this movie was written by women or something shit that she would already know but he's just like teaching her basic shit and she's like whoa constellations <laughs> yeah exactly and he's like she's different and i'm like is she like i mean she is cuz she's trying to steal your money but like <laughs> Like, I think you just think she's pretty and you get to project stuff onto her because you don't know anything about her because she's not telling you shit. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, so he's like catching feelings for her. And she, so basically she finds out like her, she's trying to con on her own because she got on this fight with her mom and she's like, I'm going to con on my own. Like you get this old guy, I'm going to get this bar, this bar owner. And Jennifer Love Hewitt finds out that that Jason Lee got an offer to sell the bar for three million. So she's like, "Hey, if I can get this guy and divorce him, I could get one and a half million, which is way more than our other, you know, jobs." And Sigourney Weaver keeps being like, "He's too young. Like, you're not ready. You know, like you can't pull this off." Um, and of course. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's a little bit right because Jennifer Love Hewitt starts to catch feelings for Jason Lee and his stargazing ass. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. <laughs> He's like, the thing is, is that like, I would totally imagine, you know, falling in love with him 
when I was like, when I was like very young, young, or like if I didn't know the world well, but it's like, she, she's young, but she's very world weary because she's been conning men with like merit. So it's weird that when she meets him, she's suddenly just like, what is, what is life? What is, what is, (laughs) what is being a young woman? What do we do? Well, it's interesting. I understand, like, I can believe her being into a man who feels wholesome in certain ways because it's like, it feels refreshing. Like a guy who is almost a little bit about love in some ways because for her, and she's like, wow, this guy really just wants to be at the beach. That's so relaxing. I love that. (laughs) But I agree with you that she feels too shocked by really basic things he says. Like, just, I, I don't even have a specific example off the top of my head right now. It's like he's um, the only regular guy that she's ever met. Yeah, like, she's just like, wow, you haven't tried to grab my ass. And I'm like, whoa, you know, like, that. that's kind of the feeling. Um, and, I mean, to be fair, given how manipulative and toxic her relationship with her mom is, like, I could totally see Sigourney Weaver like prohibiting Jennifer Love Hewitt from like dating anyone in high school, like any like nice guys. Like I I can see her totally like sheltering her in this weird way where she's not allowed to have normal friendships or relationships, but then she's like using her body to make, to like trick men and make money. So like, I can see that given what I know about the characters, but Jason Lee, I don't know. Like, I feel like even a different actor with this role with a few tweaked lines, I could buy it more, but it's it's just so random for me. Yeah, no, it's it's very random. And I mean, it kind of point it kind of is a it's a long thread that kind of proves that if you pull at this movie enough, it just completely unravels. Like I can't the problem with talking about Heartbreakers is that there is really no uh theme uh i mean like it's like you know breaking up with your daughter but like you could watch like terms of endearment and learn that but i don't know i don't know like what the theme of heartbreakers is except that like men are stupid and i I felt like the theme of heartbreakers was that men aren't stupid because their whole thesis is that men are stupid and bad, but then at the end, they both have these exceptions. And like, you know, like like Jennifer Love Hewitt's like, oh, I guess like love is a real thing that I could like have and it might be worth it for me. And for um, Sigourney Weaver, it's like, oh, I could I could have a man that's just as conniving as me and, and we can do that. So I actually felt that the theme was men are men are evil. Let's use that to our advantage. And then like, oh, maybe we're all evil and not evil at the same time because we're people. I mean, it's like, it seems like though, it's almost, it's almost kind of like pragmatic because it's just like, yes, men will do these terrible things and the cons prove that. But wouldn't you be happier if you like found a man who didn't suck as much as the other ones, which I feel like is is the thesis of like heterosexuality. It's just like, <laughs> it's like it, for women, it's just like, uh, you know, we get it like patriarchy bad, but you know, eventually you find one that's good and then you be with that one. And then if it doesn't work out, 
you're gonna have to wait for another one. But you know, there are like there are like three good men. <laughs> and you and I are both with two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like, everyone else. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's very much like a, it's a movie that doesn't doesn't try to make men look better for being this easily manipulated, but it does make it seem like if you do not find love, there is something missing. That's funny. Yeah. I felt, you know, I felt like, yeah, it didn't try to make men look better um, after showing how they could be manipulated or how they could be so basic, (laughs) so basic and so horny in the worst way. Um, but I also felt like the movie, I didn't feel like the movie was indicting uh, Sigourney Weaver and Jennifer for not wanting love. Um, I mean, cause they want love at the end, but I, I didn't feel like it was even saying they needed to have love. I felt like it was saying like, yeah, if you only approach people this way, of course you're going to see this. But, but that was my read mm. um, was like, yeah, you're approaching men in this way. So you're going to see this part. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's fun. It's kind of fun having us have such different opinions of a movie. I, <laughs> we, we, I feel like we often have a lot of the same thoughts, which is fun because we can just like really unpack those. But it's interesting when we have like really different emotional responses. I was just, I mean, I don't know why, maybe it's just because of my period, but I was just like so mad watching it. And I didn't yeah. even have any of that anger left. Like yeah. it's all gone now, but I just was so mad. I was just like, uh, like I'm sure, because I feel like two things are happening with this movie. We have men with a very kind of like pessimistic cartoony like very mediocre script and then we have these two women who are both trying to kind of like use it as a way to reinvent their image like this was around the time that Sigourney Weaver was like this was like post galaxy quest and so Sigourney Weaver's like I can do comedy I'm not just like the action lady um that I that I was famous for for a little bit there And then, of course, there's Jennifer Love Hewitt, who's just like, yes, I get it. I'm this, like, nice dream girl character. I get that I was on Party of Five, and I was adorable. But here is me, like, being a little edgy. Here's a little edgy Jennifer Love Hewitt. Right. (laughs) No, exactly. Um, Yeah, like, I... I guess, yeah, I mean, the movie's obviously very reductive because it's very much like, oh, men seeps and they lose their minds and that's all they care about. They don't care about, you know, men don't have feelings and hearts. <laughs> they don't care about um, connecting with other people or having romantic relationships that have depth and are oh, difficult. Um, they not. don't care about owners. And women should use that. I don't agree as a you know a thesis but I do feel like the movie itself was like knew that that's not true and even though it used a reductive way to disprove that by being like no but also there's love I was like there's a lot of ways you could have disproved that without just being like but look also love um I was personally just like oh this is fun though and I think also knowing that the movie is 20 years old made me less like if if the same exact 
Um, yeah, if the same exact movie came out today, then there would definitely be scenes where like, okay, you could change that a little. But I mean, like, Hustlers was exploiting a lot of the same themes, you know, it's it because they're not going for all men. They're going for rich men. They're going for men who they know stuff. Um, yeah, so. I mean, that's true. I mean, I think I, I think the only thing is that like Hustlers, like it seems like there were people in that movie with like problems and they were also like lower class. Whereas like, I don't really know what, the financial situation of Sigourney Weaver and Jennifer Love Hewitt is, honestly. And I think maybe if there was more about, like, uh, like, oh, maybe they struggled. Like, I mean, Sigourney Weaver says, you know, I got left alone with a baby, but I don't know how long it was. Like, we don't know, like, how long it was that way. We also don't know, like, what that journey was for her or, like, anything. Like, if we knew more about them as people, I think it, we'd feel, I think I would feel more satisfied with them conning. But I'm just, like, this is just some white people conning some other white people. I don't <laughs> Yeah, I do think you're right in the sense of it would have been more compelling if we knew more about their finances and like what was their living situation and everything. And um, yeah, like, were they really broke? Like did, did uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's dad like leave them high and dry? You know, were they homeless for a while? What was the deal? Because it is hard to know when you only see them in the fancy outfits that they bought as part of the con. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, the stakes are lower. So I agree with that. I mean, Hustlers was obviously a very different story for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, there's obvi- there is that connection of exploiting rich men um, through sexuality and, and, and through the assumption that the men have that the women wouldn't be capable of that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to think what would be what would my suggestion be to watch instead um and if I'm trying to think of another like rom-com version of this that's good and the only thing that comes to my mind is How to Marry a Millionaire <laughs> which is a movie that is very very fun to watch it's you know Marilyn Monroe is so funny in it yeah, I would suggest How to Marry a Millionaire or Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which are both movies about women conning men, but it's but they're fun and there's like musical sequences. I mean, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes is has the whole like diamonds are a girl's best friend thing, which is like iconic. So Yeah, of course. So definitely watch those movies, both with Marilyn Monroe, both very good. And I don't know, maybe maybe I should rewatch those movies so that I can figure out like why I like those so much and why Heartbreakers irritates me. I'm sure that yeah, there's something it's in so there. Funny. I'm I'm actually surprised, Jordan. I think I thought that you were gonna be like, oh this movie was great. I had so much fun, which was kind of my thought. So I was surprised when you were like, oh this irritates me um not because I thought the movie was perfect but because I was like oh weird okay <laughs> no I mean no it seems like something that I would like it really does <laughs> cast and everything and and like I thought it was funny like I, I felt like the movie knew that it was ridiculous and that's part of what makes it fun is that 
the movie doesn't think that it's like fist in the air, like really deep thesis on gender. It's just like a funny con movie using tropes that are reductive and have a little truth in them um, at times. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it also just reminded me of The Hustle and I really didn't like that even. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen The Hustle and now I don't want to see it more, but also in core, I might see it, you know? Oh my God, core. <laughs> We're in core. I might watch more in core. <laughs> you know, it's bad when you're giving it nicknames. <laughs> yeah, core. no, it's bad. I mean, <laughs> oh God, I don't know. Ugh. Quarantine has totally fried my brain. And I'm also, I'm on my period. Bronwyn's on her period though. She's in a much better mood than me, but I'm a few days in. So I'm like, just... I just want it to be over. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my first day, which is a very painful day, but I popped my um I popped my uh painkillers right before this and and drank a beer to help me. So Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So this has been the Bad Romance Podcast. Uh <laughs> Um, our theme song is by Clutch Douglas. Everyone should have some water. Um, I should have some water. I think that that would greatly fix my mood. Uh, we are yeah, in Lunar too. Light Studio now. We are yeah. part of a podcast network. We love them. Um, they are great. Yeah, we love you. And um, you know where to find us. We love reviews. We love stars. We um. You know, hopefully we can have a live show in the next year. <laughs> uh, hopefully we can have a live show at some point. And, you know, please support us. Please follow us on Twitter. Pledge to us on Patreon if you can. You know, I the thing that really, like, gets my energy up is people getting excited about the podcast. And I'm really zonked out right now. So I would love for that excitement to replenish me. <laughs> yes, replenish um, All right. <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm Jordan Searles. Oh, and I'm Bronwyn Isaac. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> I said my name before you said yours, but I feel like that kind of fucks up our rhythm. No, I mean no. It's like we both we both our names are both of equal importance. I actually watched no. a movie with a character named Bronwyn in it, and it was like the first time that that had ever happened. It was weird. Wow. What was the movie? Um, it's called. Your sister's sister? Was she cool? Bronwyn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> curious. As long okay. as as long as you like her more. I mean, you like me more than her. Of course I do. Of course. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Studio.
pretty, witty, and gay. 